this is the Dating While Adulting Podcast, the greatest podcast ever made, if we may say so ourselves. Go to datingwhileadulting.com for access to everything related to the podcast. That's our Twitter, our YouTube, blog, information about the hosts, etc. So with all that being said, let's get to the conversation. Welcome back, decent people. Thank you all for coming back and all of that good stuff that I normally say every time we talk. I am your host. Um, email me at michael at datingwhileadulting.com and I'll get back to you eventually. So let me just get started and right into today's stuff. What a weird day it has been and continues to be. And not for me, well, for me personally and in the news, but it's neither here nor there. Yo, everybody is watching this, listening to this, listening to this. Um, do you all know what a Venn diagram is? And if not, I'll give you a brief summary and then you can look it up and get more detail if you want to. But basically the gist of it is it's like two circles, sometimes more, and the circles intersect. And the area where they intersect reflects the commonality between the two circles or however many circles. Like I said, Google it and you'll understand. So even though there can be two, I mean, even though there can there can be more than two circles, let's just focus on the two for the purposes of this discussion, because add more just adds more drama. Anyway, I was having a conversation with a woman once and in describing what she wanted from a man, she listed things like someone to cuddle and watch Lifetime movies with her and someone to fix things and other stuff like that. Uh, What was really funny was when she said, well, she said to me that um, she's used to doing stuff for herself but when she's in a relationship, all of those things get turned over to her man to do. So, yeah, she even got like so granular that she even mentioned that she won't even change her light bulbs if she has a man. OK, whatever works. So I asked her, what if the guy doesn't want to do those things? What if the guy doesn't want to watch Lifetime movies? Because most men that I know don't. Even the gay guys that I know aren't really into Lifetime movies that like that. Maybe some are, but shoot, none of my friends are. But, you know, it is what it is. She reacted as though that was like a strange question, though, when I asked her, as if, like, she was saying, like, what do you mean he won't want to do those things? And then I gave, like, an example of my liking sports. I told her that I'm a fan of MMA, mixed martial arts. I'm also a fan of boxing. I've dated women in the past that for whatever reason, you know, they are not into that. Some have said, for example, that it's too violent for them. You know, if I know or suspect that a woman that I'm dating won't be into something like that, I'm not going to try to like force her to like it. Uh, Yeah, I have male friends for that. And while I'm with my male friends, I never think, man, I wish I I wish my woman was here um, to watch these two adults beat each other up. Just doesn't really make sense. But for whatever reason, this woman in particular felt like her man should want to watch Lifetime movies with her. Look, I'm not so rigid. I understand that every now and then when in a relationship, you have to take one for the team. Just goes without saying. And that involves doing things that you would rather not be doing. But that shouldn't be the majority of what we experience, you know? I mean, 
Really, let me just break it down. If a guy's watching Lifetime movies with you, it's usually because he thinks he's going to get some. And that's not really what that's not really what you're looking for when you're looking for somebody to do stuff with. Like, I'm going to endure this with the hope that there's a payoff eventually. That's not that's not what you want in a relationship. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I wouldn't think that someone should have that at the top of their wish list in the mate to watch Lifetime movies. I think that ideally you two would have enough things in common that you wouldn't require someone to do those things in, in this case, you know? Yeah. Um, things that men don't do in this case is what I meant to say. Use, going back to my MMA example, It'd be great if I met a woman that was um that loved it and liked it as much as I do. And while some do, most don't. And knowing that, I wouldn't want to try to force that on her. And I'm sure that most men wouldn't want to be forced to watch Lifetime movies. What do I know? I'm just a man. And this brings me back to my Venn diagram. The way I see it in a relationship is like bringing two circles together. Notice that earlier I said that we'll just focus on two circles because adding more circles to the party, that would get into the whole polyamory stuff. And I'm not even trying to go down that road uh, right now, even though if you're interested in going back down that road, go back to the archives of this podcast and find the solo poly best friends episode where I do go down that road and talk about poly and all of that stuff. Anyway. Your circle is going to over overlap with your partner's circle naturally. And I don't know why I'm anyway, because you have to have something in common. Even if it's a little bit, it's got to be something that you have in common. And ideally, the overlap in those two circles would be pretty large, especially if you're in a relationship with somebody, you would think that you have a lot in common. I would think, yeah. I venture to say that the overlap probably isn't that large, as in large enough that you can do other things that you both enjoy instead of making your mate watch Lifetime or MMA fights. Then you, and if, and if you are, what am I trying to say? If your circle, your commonality, if that circle overlap is so small that you're making them watch Lifetime movies or making them watch MMA fights that they would rather not be watching, then you probably shouldn't be together in the first place. You know? And instead of having a list of things that you want your mate to do before getting to know them, what am I trying to say here? Um, and instead of having a list of things that you want your mate to do before getting to know them that you know they most likely won't like, you should, you should invest time into actually getting to know what they actually do like to do. Get what I'm saying? I don't really know that you get what I'm saying. Basically, instead of having a pre-conceived notion of all the things that you want in a relationship, you should actually get to know what the other cat likes to do and then find commonality in those things. See where your circles overlap. That's basically all that I'm saying. Yeah. As for screwing in light bulbs, ladies, let me enlighten you on something. Men want to know where they stand with you. And for some men, um, they get validation, a certain sense of validation from being your handyman and screwing in your light bulbs. But men don't like to do those things. One of the things that I hear women complain about often is that when they say they meet a man and he does all of these great things for, and then eventually down the road, all of that stuff dries up and stops. 
So if those things stop, can we agree that they really didn't like doing those things in the first place? They were just doing those things just to kind of see where they stood. And while some women will say that they were just, the men were just doing those things to get sex from you and all that stuff. More often they did those things in the beginning because they wanted to get insight from you again, where they stood. Then once they found out where they actually did stand, then they, then they just felt comfortable stopping doing those things. Especially if they didn't like doing those things in the first place about making you believe or giving you the impression that they did like doing those things. I don't want my woman to screw in light bulbs. I'm going to screw them up anyway. Ladies, men don't want a part-time job in a relationship. That's not where the circles intersect. There is no intersection where a man wants to change your light bulbs. Yeah. 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 I can just see the intersection where a man he wants to change light bulbs and be your handyman. And it intersects with you wanting a man to be a handyman. I don't think that intersection exists. I'm sorry. Yeah. No man when describing his ideal woman has ever said, man, my ideal woman is one that wants me to replace her light bulbs and take her trash out. And I'm sure that there are women listening to this that would dispute what I'm saying and say that men love doing those things and all that. All I'll say to that is, okay, if you say so. Trust me when I say I know men better than you. I'm a man. And I know a lot more men than you do. And I have conversations with men that they wouldn't have with you. So that's all I have to say about that. Let me move on and close with two things. No, not those two things. No death, no divorce. <laughs> Let me talk about Kanye West. And I know people at this point, especially at the time that you're actually like downloading and listening to this episode of the podcast, you're really sick of hearing about Kanye West. And the only reason that I'm bringing up Kanye West now is because me and Reggie, yes, that Reggie, we used to talk about him. We mentioned him in several of our 100, however many episodes, even back when Reggie was actually coming on on a regular basis to the podcast. Um, and that's the only reason that I'm mentioning him because I used to speak about him regularly because of some, some of the strange things. And I don't know, I just feel like in the midst of all of this, I should um, talk about him now. Yeah, but I hadn't spoken about him in a while. But, um, yeah, but yeah, we used to always talk about that dude. Yeah, but we specifically used to talk about him and his relationships and dating a man that's bipolar. And you all can go to the archives and hear more about that on the Are There Undateable Men, that episode, to find out more about what I'm talking about specifically. But Kanye West is bipolar. And I saw an interview years ago where he talked about not taking this medication. Now, bipolar people have episodes and when they do, it normally isn't pretty. They say things and do things that leave you scratching your head. In the episode that I referred to earlier, I wondered how a woman, I think it was Irina Shake who was dating him or linked to him or allegedly dating him or whatever they were doing. I wondered, what a woman 
could why a woman would date him knowing that he's not well basically well he's been in the news lately a lot um for saying and doing things that you would expect someone that isn't well to say or do and it's been met with a lot of anger and attempts by several news outlets to exploit him um people that outlets that agree with what he said and did um yeah and it actually makes me sad because he isn't well and people that aren't well they often hurt people they say and do things that hurt people as the saying goes hurt people hurt people and that's how i see him he's a person that's hurt he's not well and as a result he's hurting other people or attempting to hurt other people and and like people that aren't hurt well, like people that are hurt, actually, well, oftentimes people that are hurt, he doesn't even realize that he's hurting people because he doesn't realize his own hurt. And people see this and run, see his hurt and see the crazy things that he says and does. And they run to have him on their TV shows and on their podcasts. I even saw the Elon Musk today as I'm recording this. He took today was his first day taking over Twitter. And on the first day, he reactivated Kanye's Twitter account. Yeah, that's really going to help. So instead of looking at him as a bad human being, we should look at him as someone that isn't well, that has said and done bad things. And we need to stop giving oxygen to his every word. You know, a fire goes out when the oxygen is removed from the fire or from the room. So we need to stop giving him oxygen and hanging on this every word as if it's some kind of gospel or something like that, just because he has money. That's not the reason just because he makes good music doesn't make him an expert in any other area. But it just makes me sad because, you know, when talking about mental health and the problems with mental health, people view it as they can relate to it when someone's crying or something like that, or when they try to kill themselves or something like that, then that kind of elicits a lot of sympathy or empathy. But when mental health manifests itself in these ugly ways, people aren't as sympathetic or empathetic, but it's the same mental illness. It's just that one's mental illness affects them in that way where they might take their own life or do something bad. And then someone else's mental illness affects, manifests itself in the way that Kanye does by taking on a race of people that haven't done anything to him. But it is what it is. It is what it is. And because this is a dating show, let me go back to dating. Like I said, going back to that undateable men episode, I used to wonder, how can a woman date this dude knowing this, enter into a relationship knowing this? Kim Kardashian, I give her a pass. She met Kanye a long time ago. And before, you know, I think any of us really knew how out there he was going to get. So I give her a pass. But um, the women that he's dated since then. <laughs> wow. Well, what do they see in that dude? Well, he's a billionaire. 
I guess that's really all that you need to see. Well, I guess he used to be one because he's not one officially now, but it's not like he's going to be begging for, um, be begging for loose change on Candler Road. You all don't know what Candler Road is, but don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. So that's the Kanye West thing. Um, God bless. I want to, and the last thing I want to talk about is Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon, <laughs> Nick Cannon is one of another one of his women, maybe his main woman, his bottom bitch, whatever you want to call her, is pregnant again. This is the fourth baby announcement of the year 2022. Nick Cannon is not only getting it in, but he is sowing his seed. And when I'm on dating apps, it's funny because one of the things I hear a lot of times from women is, I don't want to date a man with small children, which is funny. That goes back to another episode that I talked about. Boy, I'm referring to a lot of things. You all really should go back and listen and tell 50 friends to tell 50 friends. But it's funny. You meet a man who has 12 small children by God knows how many women. And you still not only enter into a relationship with them, but you continue to get pregnant with them. I tell you what. He's a millionaire. I need, I need to give me some money because the women that I'm meeting are holding me to way too high a standard, apparently. <laughs> all right. That's all I wanted to say for today. Um, sorry about the beginning. I think I stumbled through some of that stuff um, when I was talking about the Venn diagram stuff, but I think you all get the gist of it. If you don't get the gist of it, email, email me and let me know until then. Let me just ask one more question. Reggie, do you have anything to say to these people? Nope. He doesn't have anything to say yet again. Oh, well, he'll come back one day or not, but until then, well, actually before then, cause we don't know when he'll come back. I'll see you before then, God willing, the creek don't rise, as country people used to say. I'm not from the country. But some of those country sayings are really funny to me, and that's one of them. I don't know what creek we're talking about. I don't know what happens when the creek rises, but that's neither here nor there. That's what people say. All right, until then, I am done. Thank you so much, and goodbye. Goodbye.